Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host, Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. In today's episode, I talk with my friend James Trenary. James is a serial successful Pilates studio owner, and we unpack his thoughts, his methods, his mindset, and his approach to teaching Pilates and building a successful business, even through COVID. Stick around and hear all about it. James, my friend. Yep. Nice to be with you. You too, mate. As I said, have we started? Yeah, I, th- I think we have. <laughs> let's let's make it official. Here we go. So um, it's my pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And uh, if you're me, you already know who you are. But um, if you're not me, and I don't know, maybe you're not one of your clients and one of the sort of folk in the Pilates industry in Australia who's familiar with your work, you know, yep. who, who are you? So could you just give uh, the audience a a brief, you know, whatever, the 60-second version of whatever you'd like to share about your history, who you are, and, and where you're at? It's a long, that's a complex question, Raf. Before I do that, I'm just going to share. I've got one, one, one real quick share. Long-time listener, first-time contributor, so really happy to be here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, listened, I listened to the Plotters Elephants podcast every time a new episode comes out, and I make sure... Well, I don't have a team anymore, but I make sure that I share every podcast with those around me to make sure that they have the most up-to-date information possible to make sure that they can do the best jobs they can do. So before I start with me, thank you for doing what you do. On behalf of, uh, on behalf of Chloe and myself, uh, thank you. That's okay. Thank you. All right. Now um, with the so formalities out of the way, yeah, who, who are you <laughs> and, and what do you do? Oh, look, man, to be honest, I like to think of myself as <laughs> just like, I'm just a guy that um, kind of ended up after a while finding his way in, um, in the world. And that was, I think, just by helping people get the most out of their uh, health and fitness journeys. Um, in terms of my, my journey, I probably started the health and fitness, uh, I guess, operation when, in about 2013 in a, in a professional sense and, um, you know, left the corporate world to start of this journey that I had like a, a real, real deep desire to get involved in. Um, I always found health and fitness to be something I was passionate about from a hobby perspective, but... I guess I was in a role in a corporate life that I didn't find incredibly fulfilling and in every spare moment I had a thought about health and fitness or thought about my own health and fitness. Um, anyway, so left all of that behind in 2013 and um, joined a, 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 a national Pilates company, KX Pilates. At the time, there was only three of them. Um, managed to um, 
there managed to, I guess, travel Australia with the brand. Um, after a while, I moved to Sydney and helped the, the, the brand launch there in Sydney and then um, decided I wanted to move to Adelaide and, I guess, um, open up my own studio. So so helped to launch the brand here in Adelaide. Um, and now five years later, I've successfully, I guess, exited for the moment the health and fitness industry um, by being able to um, sell um, uh, my studios to my former business partners, which has been um, really incredible, uh, <laughs> really incredible journey. Now that's, I guess that's a that's a short summary, but um, I don't know, man. I don't. To be totally honest, I don't think. Like, I don't want to say I don't think highly of myself, but I've been very fortunate, I think, to experience a lot of interactions with people that I deem to be leaders in the industry and people who I look up to, I guess, simply by doing what I thought was the right thing to do for other people. Um, I've started with Breathe Education um, twice. I did my Cert 4 with you guys. And then very fortunate to be offered um, a spot in the diploma, which was which is incredible. Um, <laughs> I went from thinking I was good at um, health and fitness to realizing I knew nothing, <laughs> and then oh, yeah, relearning everything. Then. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what re, re, that was great. Yeah, relearning, <laughs> relearning everything, um, and then uh, I guess trying to incorporate all of those learnings into, I guess, more of a, a general sense of um, what working out on a reformer can do for people, but also what working out in the gym can do for people and um, and, uh, and, uh, and other pursuits that they might have. Um, look, if, if, I'm, if I'm totally honest, I don't really like talking about myself all that much. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it for you, Can James. you pick that? Oh, so, God, thank um, you. I was, I, was, I was dying there for a second. I don't yeah. know, man. I just, I just honestly... I just listen to awesome music. I just I try to make people have a good time, and um, you know I, I want to make sure that um, if I was to employ people or if I'm talking to people, they have the best opportunity to have like a good, considerable amount of information to help them be the best that they can be in whatever that circumstance is. So if they're employed to be a Pilates instructor or a personal trainer, um, you know they have the best knowledge at hand to, to make a, you know, an informed decision about how to, how to be the best that they can be. And then if they're a client of it, have the best information on hand for the same reason to get the most out of their time. All right. you, you, tell, you tell me, you tell me if I get anything wrong here, right? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you your history. Okay. So um, you, uh, like you said, you joined KX, which is KX, which is a, is Australia's biggest Pilates franchise. Yeah, presently like sixty something. I think it's like eighty now. Eighty. <laughs> I, I stopped well, counting. At one point, I could count them on yeah. my hands. Yeah. Um. All right. So, all right. I have to update my mental map. Eighty something. All right. Thank you. I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, for a while, you were the state training manager in New South Wales. Is that correct? Um. I was kind of an understudy. I was oh. an understudy. Um. To Chelsea Cameron at the time. Oh yeah. Shout um, out to Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea Cameron. Yeah, she, yeah, it was, a, it was kind of like her understudy, which is cool. She was great. So, and and Sydney, New South Wales, which is Australia's most populous city, you know, slightly bigger yeah. than Melbourne. I think it must be around about five, six million something people in in Sydney. Anyway, we'll. I think yeah, I think it's like fourteen. I don't know. There's a lot. Nah, it can't yeah. be fourteen. Anyway, we can Google it. But um, okay. Uh, 
So, yes, you were involved in training and I believe helping set up or establish a few franchises in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when I moved to Sydney in 2015, um, I think at the, at the time there was Surrey Hills and I moved there with a bunch of other trainers from Melbourne and I, I worked across uh, Surrey Hills and Balmain and, uh, yeah, kind of waited until Bondi Junction opened up and then I uh, was the manager and, I guess, head trainer of, of that particular studio whilst also managing some studios back in Melbourne. And the population of Sydney is 5.312 million, by the way, at the oh, last okay. census. I thought, it yeah. was, I thought it was way more than that. Um, well, we just had a census in Australia a few weeks back, so that should be updated pretty soon, but I don't mm. don't imagine you a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. So, all right, so you were you were employed by head office. Is that the case at that point? Um, uh, like half-half. I was employed by um, another owner at the time, um, to be the manager of that particular studio, but then also employed by um, head office to do some some other bits and pieces. It's, from, from that from that angle, it gets a little bit complicated because um, I guess I was just doing whatever I thought was necessary to do, and didn't often <laughs> like I, I you know, didn't hand in the timesheet or anything. I just did what needed to be done. Right, so, and so you 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 started to say that you were involved, like you were managing the studio in Bondi Junction. Did you say? Yeah, correct. Bondi Junction. And, and at the same time, were involved in some way in some studios in Melbourne? Yeah, correct. I think at the time it was, it was Fitzroy, uh, Mitchum and Northcote at the time. Is that Mil- Milton mm. Papadopoulos' studios? Uh, Papadopoulos, yeah. Milton Papadopoulos, yeah. 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 A really good mentor of mine actually he taught me a ton about business. Shout time. out to Milton, by the way, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. ton um, about business. All right. And so you were... And so you were involved in like training instructors or what were you doing? What was your capacity of in those studios? Yeah, well, I guess in, in those particular studios, there was a lot of um, training of other trainers, but also um, exposure to day-to-day operations about how studios should be run. Um, a lot of the, let's just say at the time, Instagram wasn't a thing, so it was just Facebook marketing um, as well. Um, a lot of quality control um, and like other elements like, you know, scheduling and and whatnot of those particular studios. Um, yeah, kind of kind of like – so Mil- Milton was a very hands-off uh, owner and he kind of let – he let me do my thing and then he did his thing and we'd like connect um, every month or so to discuss how, th- how those things were going. So And mm. so, you know, uh, you casually just dropped in on just Facebook marketing there and I, I imagine a lot of our listeners would like to double-click and find out what you mean by that. But I'm, I'm going to put mm-hmm. that to the side for a minute because okay. the next thing you did was uh, – the next thing that I recall that you did was you moved to Adelaide to yep. start the very first KX studio in Adelaide. And at the time, just for context, if you're not in Australia and, you know, my uh, – I'm in Melbourne um, currently. You're in Adelaide currently. Mm -hmm. Um, But Adelaide is a much smaller city. You know, Melbourne has got a population similar to Sydney, 5 million and a bit, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas Adelaide's more like, I think it's like one, one and a half million. It's a lot smaller. Um, Yeah. So Mm. it's it's definitely a city, but it's not not what you'd call a very large city, I guess. Um, No. I mean, if, if if people were out of the big smoke, they're flying over to Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, even though we've got our own you know, CBD, it's not the same. Um, and you know, Adelaide's that wonderful city that I've got a real soft spot for. Actually, I've got family in Adelaide, and I've got mm-hmm. quite a few dear friends in Adelaide. I've been across to visit you dozen number of times, times mm. or more. Um, mm. In fact, I remember when you opened that first studio in in Norwood. Um, mm-hmm. 
that was that was a fun time. Um, but you know, you know, with with love, you know, many of us in Australia who don't live in Adelaide, you know, sort of snicker behind our hands at the people of Adelaide who how slowly they drive and how many churches they go to and <laughs> how they complain when it's peak hour and there's one car that goes past every five minutes. Yep. And, yep. You know. Well, look, it's like a it's like a it's like a bigger country town, I suppose. Right. Yeah. And I say that but with love yes. to all, all my friends in Adelaide. You know, no no need to send me hate mail. Um, mm. So, uh, and so, you know, we, and now this is something I really want to zero in on because at mm. this point you went to open the first KX franchise in Adelaide and not only that, but I, I don't know the exact number, but my guess it might have been like the fourth or fifth Pilates studio of any kind in Adelaide at that point. Um, I, oh, I reckon there was probably like maybe two or three others, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. at the time, like I don't want to, um, get these wrong, but there was definitely inner strength bar and Pilates. Um, there was definitely um, there was there was Magda Studio. Magda, yeah, um, uh, that was in in uh, Melbourne Street. In Melbourne Street. Uh, yep, yep, cool. And then uh, there was shout out uh, to a Magda. couple of yeah, Magda's awesome. Um, a, a couple of other other smaller ones. I can't remember if Form was open then, but. Um, yeah, some, some other small group operations were definitely around at that time. Mm. Right. So in a, in a city of, you know, let's say a million and a bit population, mm. there were mm. like, you know, there were enough Pilates studios to service 100 clients, you know, maybe 200. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, Breathe Education, my company, we had run training courses a few times. We ran them um, uh, with Magda actually uh, and and we never really got them off the ground. Like we they just – you know, and we'd tried a, a few times, you know, over a period of years and we were doing really well in Melbourne and Sydney and just, you know, couldn't get traction in Adelaide. And we had come to the conclusion that's like, you know, oh, Adelaide's just not ready. It's the population's too small. Pilates is not popular enough in Adelaide. It's just, there's just not a big scene there. It, mm. You know, it's never going to happen for us. And so mm. when you went across to Adelaide and you were like, hey, Raph, I'm starting up KX in Adelaide. I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Because I thought, like, you know what, mate? three months was, later, you'd, was, you'd be back with your tail between your legs, telling me like, no, "Oh, there's not enough population." <laughs> it know? was it was probably you and every other person I told that I was going to be moving to Adelaide. What? Why? Why are you going there for, man? Like, just hang out here in uh, sunny Bondi. I was like, no, you guys you just don't know it. You don't know. You know, and so I remember, you know, and I remember when I flew across and, you know, you, I can't remember. It might have been like a few weeks after you'd opened Norwood. Yep, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what twenty seventeen something like that. Uh, we opened in September third, twenty sixteen. Yep, twenty sixteen. Okay, twenty sixteen. Uh, and and you know it was the classic business opening scenarios. Like you know you had enough money to buy one tin of baked beans and a loaf of white bread. You know, <laughs> if that, I like no, I opened yeah Nord with no money. I was broke. Yeah. I was actually yeah. forty thousand dollars in debt. Um. I didn't have money for a long time, long time. Um, and and you know, so so you certainly you know weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth or anything like that. And mm. uh, so you went across there, and you know what I perceived as this very indifferent and small market. And I think everybody else thought the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just that, that studio just really started taking off. You know, it was, got really mm. busy, and like it seemed like you know, just a few months later that 
you texted me and saying, I'm just opening my second studio. What do you think? You know, here are the photos. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> second studio? Eight months. Eight months later. Yep. Um, um, that was July 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I'm, you know, I was just, just sort of catching my breath after that and you'd sent me the photos of the third studio. And then uh, I think the Fit Space, uh, which yep. you opened up above, and then the fourth yep. studio. <laughs> Yeah. Well, between, between, I think the one you're referring to, there was, yeah, McGill and the Fitspace. And then in the same year, I added another studio. That was Mile End. Unley, which was the second one. And then uh, Mile End opened, yeah, yeah. which is technically yeah. the fourth location. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and now you've exited, you've sold, sold your interest in those studios. And mm-hmm. what's that, you know, four, four years, four and a half years that you, uh, you, yeah, correct. We, we didn't exactly get to five, but um, technically August this year, so 2021, what are we, 2021? Yeah, so just shy of five. And so, you know, by by any, you know, by any measure, I think that's spectacular. And and not only that, but again, yeah, correct me if I've gotten from misquoting the stats here, but I think, you know, it seems like to me at least two or three of the last recent years you had at least a couple of studios in the top five nationally, you know, in terms of performance in KX. Is that correct? Since since 2017, um, yeah. within the top five. Uh, so number one a couple times back to back. Um, Nord, Nord itself didn't ever drop out of top three. Um, and Nord and Unley were number one. And then the second year, Unley was number one. And uh, yeah. Coincidentally, the last last financial year, um, unofficially, I think Nord was three, Myland was four, and McGill was five. Right, and so this is in a this is in a national franchise of you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, you know, studios, and you're, yeah. I mean, a lot of those studios are in much bigger, more populous cities where Pilates yeah. was a lot more popular. You know, on, yeah. on a per capita basis, there are a lot more Pilates studios in Sydney than there were in Adelaide when you started. Mm. And so, you know, what, and and, that, and so it wasn't just that you kind of started one studio that made money. It's that you started a studio in a place where no one thought Pilates would, you know, work. <laughs> and and it really worked straight away. And then you started yep. another one and another one and another one, and they all worked and not only did they all work, but they were all like in the top like f- five or ten percent of the whole national franchise, mm. you know, mm. consistently. Mm. And so, and that's over a period of, of almost five years. So, yep. you know, it you, it seems to me you're doing a lot of things right there. You know, um, that seems pretty self evident. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, anecdotally, I've heard instructors uh, within the KX kind of multiverse talk about making pilgrimages to, you know, to hang out at one of your studios and do yeah. a bunch of classes and yeah. learn from your instructors. And, and I've seen, you yeah. know, on social media when your instructors from Adelaide would go on holiday to Sydney or Melbourne or whatever, it's like I would see people going, oh, do you want to come and teach a guest class at my studio, you know, <laughs> and show us <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, so there was there was not only was the studio like 
performing financially very, you know, where the studio is performing financially very well. But he had a fantastic reputation in terms of the quality of the instruction. And I, 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 you know, it seems pretty obvious to me that those two things are related, right? That, you know, it's not a coincidence. But, you know, so you seem to manage to, to have this incredible uh, synergistic ability to build not only, you know, quality instructors, but also, um, you know, a super high performing set of businesses. And this is mm -hmm. right through COVID, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and this is a 100% in-person bricks and mortar business. You know, this mm -hmm. is this is not a hybrid online thing or Zoom classes or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, without without spending, you know, four years to do an apprenticeship and, you know, follow you around and see what you do all day and, you know, all of that stuff. What I really want to do is, is, you know, pick your brain for the, you know, what, what's different about the way you approach this and the way that you've done this compared to those other 84 franchise owners who weren't in the top five, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and the other, you know, 500 studio owners who have really struggled maybe over the last few years, who have their fellow businesses hit a plateau, who haven't been able to increase their sales or their attention uh, or their attendance or mm. hang on to good instructors or, mm. you know, basically like what's your secret to success? That's a tough question, Raf. That's a tough yeah. question. Um, well, you must have noticed. All right. So now here's the thing. Yeah. You, you ask, you know, successful people what is so successful and that most of them say oh, it's because I work hard right of course you work hard I know you work hard mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but I think a lot of unsuccessful people also work hard <laughs> so, the thing so I, well, it, it's what, what I, you do that that is different it does that's exactly so, right yeah, exactly so, right. so, so what do you see what do you see you know, I mean, you you hang out with other studio owners. You're on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You're on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You see people mm -hmm. talking. You go to classes yep. at other studios. Yeah. You know, yep. What do you see as the the what are the things that strike you as different? Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna just reframe a little bit of the question okay. because I can't necessarily say what I, I I don't really know what other people do, but I can definitely tell you what I've done and. It, by all accounts, yes, you're correct, it has worked. Um, but to make a comparison between what I've done and what someone else is doing, um, I wouldn't be able to do that because for the most part, I don't look. And I, I don't try not, I, I try not to get distracted by mm -hmm. what other people in the industry are doing or what they, you know, I, 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 I like to keep my blinkers on, as they say, and I focus... 100% of my time when I was in those in in those businesses 100% of my focus was always on what do my trainers need and then what does my community need and funnily enough it's actually not a surprise that they both need the exact same thing okay um when I I'm, I'm going to have to go back a little bit and say a big part of the reason that I came here was a vision or a, a mission or a purpose. My own personal purpose was to come to Adelaide. And I thought to myself, I want to bring this to Adelaide, regardless of whoever else is here. Once again, remember blinkers are on. I wanted to come to Adelaide and fundamentally change the fitness landscape here. And I thought to myself, 
that's that's a hundred percent achievable. I, I I try not to I try not to tell my things that things can't work because that's not going to be successful. But coming here, I thought I'm going to fundamentally change this place because because I wanted to because I felt like I have something that I want to share. That's um. That's that it's it. I remember you saying that now that you say that to me now, I remember you saying that mm-hmm. way back. You know, mm-hmm. I think when we were having dinner across from you know KX Norwood, yeah. I, I think it was Norwood Parade. Um, where yeah, anyway, it's, we're having yeah, di- I, I, yeah. I believe I remember you saying that to me, and I was impressed at the time. And and when you say it now, what strikes me is the sim the parallel with actually Aaron Smith that because like six years before that. When I was teaching in Little Collins Street in Melbourne City, mm-hmm. Aaron Smith did our Pilates course. He'd just come back from UK or LA or somewhere like that. And he came yep. and did our he did reformer training with us. And he was doing the yep. reformer training and he was telling me how he was gonna open this whole chain of studios and have a hundred franchises. And I was like, Yeah, mm. yeah, whatever, buddy, you know. <laughs> and yep. and you know, he sure showed me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So and, and so it, it strikes me that you know, the, there's a real parallel with with you having this real ambition. Like your ambition wasn't to open a studio and pay the bills. You know, your ambition was yeah. to change the industry. Well, it's funny, funny you say that. So, I mean, Aaron and I have known each other for quite some time since we we're about sixteen. He's, um, you know, my brother-in-law's best friend. So, um, being around someone like him when I was younger, um, and hearing about his like international journeys and things like that. Um, there was always something in my mind like, ah, I really like, uh, there's something about your energy and what you're saying that I can really tap into. And if I get a chance to, I remember saying to myself, if I get a chance to work alongside you, that would be amazing. Um, so <laughs> I do remember actually, I did some like part of the KX process is to do some shadowing. And actually I, I did some shadowing with Aaron and um, yeah, some of his best clients were there. Teaching regular. Yeah, this classes. is this is when he was still teaching. Yeah, correct. So this would have been in 20, 2013, 2014 kind of thing. And um I remember like his his yeah, these were his diehard clients coming in, and I had to do some shadowing with him on his prime time block. You know, every trainer's got their prime time block. His was Friday morning, you know, 6 a.m. Like the the legit diehard KX fans would rock up and I'd be doing my thing. Anyway, you know, a couple of the clients were like, oh sorry, James, what's um you know, you, this is going to be fun for you. Are you excited to start at KX Pilates? And, um, you know, Aaron and I had already spoken about this time of thing. We said, oh, no, like, James is probably going to open the studio one day. And it's going to be great. And they're like, oh, that's going to be awesome. And I said, mate, I'm not going to be opening with just one studio. I'm going to have at least five, at least. And he said, remember his response is, oh, cool. All right. See <laughs> so, how you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't I, – I, I coming from the corporate role, the, co- the safety net of the corporate career, there was no way I was going to take a jump from there to here without making this change significant for myself. Because I thought if I'm going to move from, from this type of environment, which is very safe, into something that's very risky, you know, from, from that regard, there was no way I was going to do it with, you know, half in, half out. If I was going to do it, I was going to do it and be the, you know, in my mind, I'm going to be the best that you can be at this. And, you know, it didn't, like that, that, I'm going to swear, that pissed a lot of people off, but um, there was no way I wasn't going to at least try, at least try to be the best. And then, 
you know, when, when the time came, um, I'd, I'd kind of learnt at the time all I could from, from, um, from Aaron and then I worked with um, his first ever business partner, Ellie, and you know, we kept learning, kept learning, got with, uh, uh, connected with Milton, learned a different element of it. So you're learning different things from different people. And then obviously Breathe came along and uh, yeah, I, I thought to myself, well, Raf seems to be the best educator. How do I be better than Raf? First thing you better do is get to know Raf. You know, get to know Raf. Get to see his his thinking. Get to understand um, the, um, how he puts these pieces together. Because I mean, everybody knows that you're yeah <laughs> the smartest man in the room when it comes to Pilates education. But not just that. The way that you think about things and the way you can simplify concepts for people. Um, it's always fascinating, like all of the the, the Breathe alumni and, and the people that listen to your podcast, I'm sure. I thought, how do you get such complex ideas into something that I could I could talk to someone about who knows nothing about fitness, but I could explain it in such a way that just connects with people. So I thought, oh, I better learn that skill. Um, so then, obviously, I came to you. So, so all right. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna sum up here and have a little yeah, meta, meta moment that. All right, so what I'm seeing as part of your strategy is you seek out people who have skills that you want and you just hang out with them, hang around with them, you know, and absorb by osmosis and just try and not necessarily like – because we don't have big – we've never had big sessions where you kind of pick my brain about stuff as such, Mm -mm. but but we've hung out a whole lot – and we've had yep. a whole bunch of conversations and, yep. you know, so it seems to me your strategy is not so much to sort of ask specific questions about what are the five steps to doing X, Y, and Z, but you just kind of hang out and get the gist of how someone moves through the world. Like you just kind of watch Aaron do his thing. And after mm-hmm. a while you go, yeah, I kind of get how this guy does stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can yeah. basically go and, you know, not be Aaron, but you can, you can do, you know, you can get some of the effects that Aaron gets by just kind yes. of the vibe of absorbing his who he is correct so i think it's about i mean i i i tend to just sit watch and daydream a lot when it comes to learning so it's it's not necessarily about having everything you know 100% correct all the time but it's more about okay so this is the situation this is, this person has been presented with how have they navigated their way through that I, I will reflect and think about that to then see if I can you know, understand without asking too many questions. Because if I just get told the answer, I really haven't learned anything. I've got to figure this out for myself. Um, so I do like to sit, observe, reflect, and then have a have a have a go at implementation. Um, you know, you know what? Like. I have something very similar and I've, I've shared this on the podcast before that basically I've got mentors and, you know, you've been somebody I've learned a lot from as well. So I want to, oh, thank you. you know, I want to reinforce that this is a mutual admiration society that we're in thank here. Um, <laughs> and we're both full members of it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that you know, so a lot of these people who I admire, like 
I have the same process where I basically just hang out and watch them mm. do what they do, watch them how they respond to situations, how they navigate things, etc. Mm. And mm. and and try and get a sense of how they see the world and what that might mm-hmm. be like to be inside their brain and looking out from the inside. And Perfect. and then I get to a point sometimes with a few of a few people where I can just sort of think like, oh, what would James do here? You know, mm-hmm. or you know, what would so-and-so do here? And then I'm like, yeah, I know what James would do now. <laughs> you know, yep. James yep. would make the audacious play, <laughs> you know. Totally. Well, I used to, I used to say to myself uh, back in the day when I used to clean the studios at the end of the shift, right, I used to say to myself, what would Aaron do in this situation? Like if there was, like if it had been a long day, and like I was working the corporate world and doing cakes at the same time, so these like 60-hour weeks, and they, oh, tired. I'd do, do like, you know, Wednesdays from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. or something. And then I'd go to like leave and there'd be something like in, in, the, in the studio that needed to be cleaned. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'll leave it. But then I thought, no, no, what would Aaron do? If this was his business, what would he do? Of course he'd do the right thing. So that, that helped to instill a lot of um, a discipline. But from there, you do, you sit, you observe, you watch, and then you have to give it an attempt. And once you've attempted it, you've got to see or we'll, we'll, you know, wait and see what the outcome is. Um, and you, to be honest, you hope that it's wrong. Hope <laughs> to a small extent that it's that it's not going to work because then you actually start the, the learning process. Um, what do you, can, but, uh, tell me what you yeah. mean by that. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so say for example, well, let's just say there's too many variables for you to always do the same thing all the time. And if there's, if there's so many variables at play here, if you think this happened this time, well, this was the result, this was the result I got this time, I'm going to do the exact same thing when the exact same question comes up, okay? And then you try that and it doesn't work. And then, ah, well, now I've got to come up with another. Okay, this is option A. Okay, option A worked last time. Let's try option A again. No. Well, I better come up with option B. Let's try option B this time. Oh, cool. Option B worked. Cool. Now I've got two options. And then you go through the process again. All right, I'm going to try option A. No, option B. No, I've got to come up with something new. Option C. Boom. Works. So my other two attempts, which worked in the last scenario, aren't going to work again here. Or they haven't worked. So now I've got to start building a set of solutions and a set of tools or, you know, a bit of a framework around problem solving, which helps to, you know, navigate I guess the business, but more so the, the client focused environment. Um, if you kept, if you kept also, if you kept striking gold all the time by doing the same thing, you'd probably not look for other options or other alternatives. Well, that'd be boring, wouldn't it? That'd be like, okay, James, so I've, got a, I've got a job for you. And the job is you sit here and you press this button. Every time you press the button, you get a thousand dollars. And that's the job. And you can press the button as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that'd be pretty boring pretty quickly. <laughs> Imagine if there was another button here, if we're talking, use the money as an example, and you didn't know it was just slightly off to the left, but every time you push that one, it gave you $10,000. <laughs> and you'd push yeah. it. You wouldn't have to push it, you know, 10 times. You push it once. This one takes 10 times the amount of effort. This one just takes one time. Boom. And then what happens is you figure out, oh, let's combine these two elements. The next button you get's worth... I don't know, it grew, It just grew exponentially. This one's worth $50,000. think, wow, I'm going to push this one just one time and then never have to push it again, and we're good. So coming back to that one, it's about really trying to diversify your thinking so that 
when you when you do have situations that you're presented with, you've got more than just one option to go for. And I think that's really helpful when it comes to um, the, 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 the people-centric industry that we're in, because every time you walk into a room, say KX has 14 people in a room, that's a whole lot of problems you've got to solve, okay? This person has exercised more this week than the person next to them. Um, but this person is a more frequent visitor, so they have a different experience. And regardless of the class type, you've got someone who's brand new over here. So as a trainer, like this is a, this is a really great skill where now, you're, now you're, you're, your problem-solving ability extends beyond, oh, I'm going to teach a lunge today, and these are the words I'm going to use, right? If we take it to that level of a trainer. It's like, sorry, sweetheart, I don't understand the words you're saying, therefore, I can't do a lunge. I don't know what you're talking about. So then you've got to develop a whole other like, vocabulary of words that help this person achieve that goal of a lunge. Does that make sense? That does make it's sense. A, so, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill that's not just useful. So to, to say you make decisions and hope there's a little bit wrong is to build a, 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 a broader a framework yeah, correct. Of, of solutions that are going to help you day to day, um, because so, you're never going to be. So sorry, I'm just I'm just going to sum up here. That's a lot so, of... All right. So the things I've heard so far, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm writing a how to be as successful as James Trenary book, and I'm just okay. writing it as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the first thing is um, think big, right? So yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Think about the impact that you want to have on the world, right? Mm. And so you talked about changing the Pilates industry. In Adelaide, the health and fitness industry, Raf, not Health just the um, <laughs> And the second thing was, you said get mm-hmm. the blinkers on, right? Yep. And and you focused, you know, on your focused on your knitting, right? You're not focused on mm-hmm. the people next to you, what they're doing, and mm-hmm. what you're focused on is what your trainers need and what your community mm-hmm. needs. Correct. Right? And it turns out to be the same thing. Uh, and then the third thing that I've heard is that you seek out people who have skill sets that you need mm-hmm. and you learn from them by osmosis. You basically just hang Correct. out and mm-hmm. let the, the the essence of how that person moved through the world just kind of seep in through the cracks in your, in your ear holes. Mm-hmm. And one day you can just go, hey, I know what Aaron would do right now and mm-hmm. I'm just going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. And and if, if I can do it better even. So, for example, if we go back to that, um, you know, Aaron was the first person that I did – um, shadowing with and then I did some with um, Amy Skinner who's the national training manager and these two people at the time you know they're like cream of the crop in terms of the the cakes Pilates world and then you start thinking well I just don't want to match them I need to be better than they are because if I then need to like if I'm going to if I've got this hack, this big hairy audacious goal I can't just sit at the same level I've got to figure out how to how to get on uh, get above them at some point. Um, so that's when you've got to bring in other resources and think. Well, the words that they say aren't just what make them great. What else are they doing? You know, Aaron was a really great entertainer. Yeah, you know, he always used to say, "I'm I'm not teaching Pilates. I'm putting on a performance." It's like, yeah, because that's exactly what people need. They need a fun and stimulating environment. But then on the other hand, you've got Amy, who's you know got all of this. Um, knowledge. I was like, oh, great, cool. Let's let's take that. And then I need, um, you know, coming back to yourself, it's like, well, the knowledge, the business sense, um, and the, the 
the, the problem solving capability. Cool. I, I, I need that. So, um, yeah. All right. And so shout out to Amy, by the way. And yeah, totally. this, mm-hmm. this is great. Uh, this is like a trip down memory lane for me, all these people. <laughs> I've well, worked with. T- yeah. I tell you what, man, there's like, there's a whole ton of them. So you got to also, also give shout outs to, um, uh, the, the 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 classics like your Cat Webbs and your Bianca Joneses and your Laura Sagas and your Chelsea Camerons um, of the world, all those guys, um, they might be the only ones I might look at and kind of like, oh, what are you doing? Like, let's let's see if I can learn something from you, because I remember, you know, a lot of them, a lot of those guys had the the same um, the, the same journey, so yeah. kind of left what they didn't enjoy, found something that they did enjoy. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to have like Cat Webb and, and Laura Sagas on my team for a little while, um, and Bianca Jones as well. Um, so it's been really great Shout to out see to Bianca um, at Pilates yeah, Republic. Pilates Republic, and she's killing it. She is killing it. I mean, they're all killing it. Um, but that was uh, always, always, um, I guess, really exciting to see. And um, they'll have different um, ways around problems to to solve as well. And mm. um, but if look coming back to, if you don't have a huge goal in mind, or if you don't have a huge vision or purpose in mind, then I kind of feel like you're just going along with it. And like to all the listeners out there on the podcast who feel like they're in a rut, it's probably worth asking yourself the question: Why am I doing this? Um, I taught classes for right up until like August this year after eight years or something, eight years of teaching reformer Pilates classes, right? And then I hear stories and, and, and conversation with trainers who get bored after one year, after 12 months. And I think to myself, all right, are you, why, why are you doing this? Because if, if, there's, if there's an ability to sustain that passion for eight years and then, you know, go on to do it a bit more after some downtime and, you've kind of stopped after a year or you're starting to think that after about a year, I would I'd seriously ask some questions about why you thought this was a good idea to start with or like maybe it's time to make the change. Because um, I, mean, I guess from my perspective, the, the big why, how do I fundamentally change the health and fitness landscape of Adelaide? That isn't about me. You know, that has nothing to do with what I, like, that's about them. That's about, okay, so I might get the ball rolling, but it's, it's everybody else who actually ends up having to, to, to carry the load and, and, and do the work. So from, from there, um, now, we're, now we're looking at, okay, so you've got this big goal. You need a few supporters um, on board. And this is where, like, I've got to shout out my partner at the time when I moved here, Catherine War, who's now Catherine Grookey. Um, she opened, um, you know, we, we had a little bit of a plan together. I'm going to move to Adelaide, and we'd only been dating for, like, two months. She said, well, I'm go- what am I going to do in Adelaide? And so, yeah, shout out to Kat. Kat is awesome. And yeah. Kat was, Kat's a women's health physio, and she was working in a hospital in Correct. Sydney. And she, yeah, she, she had like four jobs or something at the yeah. time. Yeah, and she, she moved here with me, and at the time, she yeah, she had like a number of jobs. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and she said, what am I going to do there? And I said, well, you're going to open your own physio clinic. <laughs> she said, what? what? I said, yeah, I'm going to have a KX studio and you're going to have the, the women's health physio clinic and they're going to be in the same room. And, uh, and they were. And they were. And, you know, she, she opened her business probably a week after I opened mine. And, um, you know, if, if anybody is ever going to start on a mission of having this big, hairy, audacious goal, you've got to find that first supporter. Um, and I was very lucky that the first supporter was also my partner um, yeah, at the time. And she worked as a KX trainer as well as worked at, uh, starting up her business. Um, and then and then over time, um, she obviously had to give more attention to her business. And then, um, you know, we separated but still remained friends. And um, if you don't have those supporters or those followers, um, or a great network around you, then you're not going to be able to achieve those goals that you want to achieve. So I think I'm just going to keep going if that's okay. And you just jump in and jump in and ask. And then, you know, how do you, how do you keep the momentum up, right? Because there's only so much you can do yourself. You've, you've got to keep looking out for those um, little gems, little diamonds that help you keep the ball rolling. I might actually cry. <laughs> I'm gonna cry a minute. This is this is intense. This is a, this is like a therapy session for me. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll and send then the bill after. So, oh man. Um, all right. So, all right. I really want to unpack this a little bit more because there's okay. so much gold in here. And yeah. even though I've been, you know, at at certain points, I've been, you know, really a, an eyewitness to parts of this journey, and mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of it on social media, and and we've had a bunch of chats, you know, on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, still a lot of this is, you know, I'm learning stuff as we go here. So, you know, I think something that really has always kind of perplexed me from a distance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm sure as heck it perplexes the shit out of everybody who's listening, is like how do you, like most of us who run one business, Uh right? I I talk to a lot of studio owners, right? Yeah. Most people who run one studio, their number one gripe is I don't have enough time, right? I'm chief cook and bottle washer. I'm grinding out X number of sessions a week. I'm that, doing that the, triggered me a little bit, mate. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of time. I'm doing the books on my kitchen table at 10 p.m. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm booking the clients into the sessions. I'm doing all of the, I'm cleaning the studio. I'm doing all the things. And, and you're a man who's not opened not one, not two, not three, but not even four studios. You opened the fit space as well. I think you had a hand in a couple of other businesses, like there's the Octane yeah. Coffee, there's the Infrared. Yeah. There's, yeah. I'm not sure if, what you, if you've got a financial interest in growth IQ or not, but you've got some involvement with that business. Like you've, I mean, you've basically, you know, <laughs> you've started, I don't know, I've lost count, but getting up towards double digits ten. of businesses, yeah. I think I think there was ten. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm and, a hype man for some, like the growth IQ, a bit of a hype man for some, um, but other ones, yeah, like either a silent investor or an active investor. Right. So so so, how do you build? You know, and these aren't businesses that you just started and then they kind of petered out into nothing and you know nothing happened or they failed or whatever. It's like you've opened really successful businesses and sustained them. So how do you build that, you know, how do you, and, and you're telling me that you're teaching classes still, right? Now, I know that yeah. you weren't teaching, you're teaching like maybe like what, six or eight classes a week, something like that? Uh, towards yeah, the end kind of, of, towards the end it was probably, well, it kind of ebbs and flows, but towards the end it was really only two a week and that right. was only for about 
um, maybe maybe a month. But there were, there were mm. points where up until even the start of this year, I was probably doing 20. Right. All right. So that and that pro- presumably varies depending on people coming in. It does. Like a very and, like, yeah. yeah, like if a staff member left and it was, you know, it wasn't the right time to recruit, then I'd just yep. put the shirt back on and get in there and, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, um, so, all right. So, so what is your, you know, all right. So you said, you know, you were a bit triggered and there's plenty of time in the day. Right, so mm. we've all got to the same twenty four hours. So, how do you use your twenty four hours differently to to build four successful Pilates studios simultaneously mm-hmm. compared to somebody else? And, and this is not a criticism of anybody. Like, I'm genuinely yeah. interested to understand how you mm. do it. Like, you know, what? How, how do you do that? What What do you do? Oh man, well. I've probably got to start with saying I'm sure I've got some sort of chemical imbalance, which means I can have multiple tabs open at the same time. Um, it's it is it's uh it's kind of it's a bit of a circus in here. But I think James the key is, word there is James is pointing to his head when he says that. Pointing to my head, and there's a circus in there. Um, but there's a it's um delegation, D- delegation offering other people responsibility, putting people in in positions of of like I don't like the I don't like the word power, but responsibility, autonomy, um, having a lot of trust, and what is it? It's being I don't like the, I don't like this. It's just first thing that comes to mind. It's pulling the strings and not being on the strings. Okay, so yep. I want to unpack delegation, right? Because mm-hmm. the, probably the second biggest you know struggle that I hear mm-hmm. from Pilates studio owners is I can't find good people, right? So I, I delegated this thing and they didn't do it right or I can't find anyone who's willing to take it on or I'm not ready to let go of it because no one can do it as well as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so what's your secret to delegating? What's your approach to delegating? Ooh. How do you do well, it? Well, I think, the, I think the, the first thing you have to do is, well, firstly, you've got to choose the right people. Um, you know, so coming back to that that first little bit, the next person that I technically employed was um, Charlotte Griffin, who I know you've spoken to quite a number of times, and was is actually the founder of the Fit Space. I was just lucky enough to join the party. Um, you know, she was she was in the studio all the time, um, and then just. You know, what do you do with yourself that allows you to be here seven days of the week? She's like, oh, I'm doing this thing and I'm like a PT and I can't kind of like manage this gym. I was like, oh, what? You manage a gym? <laughs> I'll take you, thank you. Um, I said, well, like I'm, I'm struggling here, like teaching the 30 hours or whatever it was a week, maybe 30 hours a week at Nord. We only had myself and three other people. Um Tapping her on the shoulder and say, "Hey, could you help me out? Because I really need a hand with this." And um, all right, so so all right, from- quick double click. Mm-hmm. Over the last five years, mm-hmm. roughly what percentage of your hires would you say you've advertised for, and what percentage uh, would you say you've just tapped them on the shoulder after no, the end you of must the former class? Reading my mind, you must be reading my mind. I've only ever, I've, I've never put an ad on Seek. Seek is the Australian equivalent of like Indeed.com. It's basically a yeah, general like, search website. Yeah, class, then the classifieds. Yeah. Um, I've only, in Adelaide, I've only ever hired one person who has who wasn't a client. Um, and that Hold would on. also be Hold the on. case. Can you just say that again real slow so that the heavens can open up okay, and we can hear the, the microphone. Yeah, go again. 
I've only ever hired one person who wasn't a client over the five years I've been in Adelaide. I've had, I think at most, we had about 70 trainers and I've only ever hired one person who wasn't a client. And I dare say that is the case of all the studios I've worked at and managed. Yes, you have to start with, let's say, when you're when you when you're starting a, a studio from scratch, okay. When you when you're opening KX Pilates Norwood in a place where um, no one had done KX Pilates before, yes, of course you're going to have to hire people who hadn't done it, okay, because it just doesn't exist. And then you hope to God that you can convert them. Mm. I can tell right, you, so you're very lucky. Let me if you let can. me double let me let me keep double clicking, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I love this strategy, and we've talked about this strategy before, you and I. Mm. Um, mm. So you're telling me that in a town with a population of uh, just a smidge over one million, well, just looked mm-hmm. it up on Google, mm-hmm. um, that basically had no Pilates industry. Oh, no, now, not in all, in any way to disrespect that there was some great Pilates studios there yeah. before you arrived. Great businesses but it, here, the correct? Yeah. Industry overall was not thriving, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like Melbourne or Sydney, where it's like you can't go and get a loaf of bread from the corner shop without walking past eight Pilates studios. Man, you, you know? had to look, you had to look really far. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, so you arrive in a city where basically there is no infrastructure in the industry of like, you know, heaps of Pilates in, instructors out there looking for jobs and, and, you know, so there's no one looking for a job as a Pilates instructor. And you're telling yeah. me in the space of like four years, you opened four studios and you basically didn't ever advertise. No, right. correct. That's that's true. Yeah. So, so, you know, right. So this is. In, this it sounds crazy, <laughs> I know, but. Um. So so how do you, so how do you, you know, how do you identify those people? Like, so you gave me some, you gave some indication before. So there's Charlotte Griffin, for example. She's always mm-hmm. in your reformer class, you know, six or seven days a week. She hangs yep. out after class. She wants to talk about yep. it. She loves yep. it. You know, she's giving yep. her suggestions, yep. presumably. Yep. Oh, we could put the towels yep. over here instead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So that's an easy yeah. one, right? She's obvious, yep. right? Yep. Are they all obvious like that? Or, you know, what do you look for? No, man, they are always obvious. And um, look, I think, before you even get to this point, right? What's important is let's let's just go back two seconds and go to this BHAG goal. I want to fundamentally change the health and fitness landscape of Adelaide, um, and that could mean a thousand things to different people. But what it means to me is I need to do the best that I can do to provide the best service to these people. I absolutely can, and I'm not going to waver from the service that I'm going to provide. My standard is is this high. If I can squeeze any more out of this, I, I absolutely will try to. And what's your definition of what's your definition of service? Like when you say my standard is this high, like what do you mean? How do you operationalize that? How do I, all right? So I, you're, I'm working for you, right? It's my first day mm. on the job. You're telling mm. me we've got high standards. I'm like, what does that mean? How do I, how do I know if, how do I know if I'm reaching the standards? Well, here you go, Raf. You would already know because you're a client. Huh. And you, you would already know the answer to that question. And this is where I'm coming to. If you provide the, the, like this, this, the highest possible level of quality that you can provide and it creates this environment that these people love, that's the reason they're coming. And then because they've been a client for so long before you actually tap them on the shoulder and want to hire them, they already know what you're all about. So it's not about, hey, come and sit down and have a coffee. I'm going to try to tell you what I am all about. 
because they've felt it now. They've experienced it now. They've had the emotion of it. They've seen the physical change of it. So by the time they go to put on the uniform, the hard work's done. They're already ingrained into the program. They drank the Kool-Aid months ago. Um, so now it's just about, all right, how do I take you from being a diehard raving fan to the best possible facilitator of this service that you can be? And then that's when it comes down to like the small things, like the, the, the people skills or the, the technical application or the, you know, the critical thinking of it. It's those things whereby you as an owner or a manager have to spend the time training your staff. You can't just pick them up off the street and say, ah, cool, you're going to match everything that's in my mind and you're going to make, you're going to, you're going to do the best, you're going to run the best Pilates, reformer class, whatever it is, CrossFit class that you can. And then I'm going to wipe my hands of you and off you go. All right. So I love this. So you don't have to tell me what the standards are because I already know because I've been to 50 of your classes already. Correct. And and so all I need to know is like, okay, where do we put the used towels when we're done at the end of the shift? Yep. And yep. what's the best cue for scooter sort of thing? Correct. 100%. Um, mm -hmm. And all right. And so what percentage of your time, you know, when you're just say you own three or four studios at this point, you know, couple, couple of last couple of years, yep. what percentage of your time is spent in training people? And how does, how does that look? You know, does that look like you attending their classes? Does it look like them attending your classes? Does it look like people yep. following you around, like you followed Aaron around? Like, yeah, yep. what does it look like? All of the above. So um, when we only had, when I only had two studios and there were, let's say, maybe only 14 of us at the time, two studios and 14 people, um, I myself then had the ability to you know, go to people's classes and give them feedback after the class or just sit in reception and just listen to them. Um, I would um, produce video content for the team and post it on our team um, Facebook group page. Um, I would, and what, I would would you find, give, what would you give them feedback on? Like, give me an example of the kind of feedback that you would give someone. Like, just imagine, all right, you've just been sitting in reception. I've been teaching. Mm -hmm. I come out. Do, do I know you were sitting there? Did you tell me I'm going to come and listen to your class tomorrow night? And or you just sometimes I would, and sometimes I wouldn't. Yeah. So, if for example, right. if if I if I if there was, here's the thing: if there was something that I I I needed a trainer to work on, whether that be the use of cues or being tactile or was it musicality and atmosphere then i'll definitely say to somebody hey i've been around a little bit and i've done your classes and this is something that i don't think you're quite hitting the mark on let's spend some time on that i'm going to whatever i'm going to watch or i'm going to observe or we're going to tag team this class etc etc but then in some instances i might have just been at the studio just tapping away and just like have an open ear out and think oh remind me to have a conversation with you after the class about that. Um, and at, at that point in time, the measure, the measure was um, me. That's interesting. I, I, have, I have a similar process, but we're, because we're a 100% online business, you know, we mm -hmm. have a distributed team. We currently have 36 people, full-time people mm -hmm. working at Breathe Education. And mm -hmm. we're, in, we're in all states of Australia. We're in mm -hmm. uh, the Philippines, the US, 
Uh, we're in Egypt. You know, we're, we're yeah. all Canada. <laughs> we're all over the shop. So I can't <laughs> sort of wander in and listen to people no. <laughs> you know, physically. Mm-hmm. But we have Slack, which is kind of a, a community messaging platform. Yeah. And so we have a right. different channel, you know, channel for student success, for the sales yeah. team, yeah. for the yeah. training team, you know. Yeah. And so I can sort of – and we also have channels for our students. So we have channels where our students are engaging with our staff. And so I, I can, you know, essentially sit at reception – figuratively and listen, you know, but basically mm-hmm. just go and snoop um, yeah. on their, our team, you know, and students' yeah. conversations. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the time I'm just like, hey, high five, gold star, heart emoji, heart emoji. Yeah. Freaking awesome. And then sometimes I'm like, huh, yeah, need to have a chat about that. <laughs> yeah, correct. Well, that, that's exactly right. And for the most part, and I, look, I, I, I used to say this to the team all the time. I said, start with an apology. If I if I'm going to say something, it's only going to be the sprinkle on top. Just assume that everything else you're doing is incredible, but there's just like just one thing I need to have a chat to you about. Um, and like I don't know if that was the best approach, but it was only we we're very fortunate that through the process of them being clients for so long and knowing what the the whole culture and the vibe was about, it would only ever be the small really technical things that helped them be the best instructor they could be because they already had the personality. And for the most part, um, when you talk about how much time do you spend on training, it was all the time. That was all I ever did. Um, focus on training and then a little bit of like Facebook, social media stuff and, and, and community stuff. Um, you know, until we got to the point where we had, I think, um, Three, yeah, there was uh, Nord, Unley, and McGill. And at that point in time, that's too many staff. So, um, you know, shout out to Aiden O'Sullivan, who became Aiden. our- Happy birthday, our, Aiden. It's your birthday Yeah, today. happy birthday, Aiden. Yeah, Although sure. By the time you um, listen to this, it'll be like your birthday was 10 weeks ago, but whatever. Correct. <laughs> but like, and this this comes back down to, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. There was two people who I hired who weren't clients, and Aiden- was was one of them because um, I'd employed Charlotte and through getting to know her, uh, we were trying to organize a Christmas party. It's like, oh, like who are we going to – there's four people at this Christmas party. It's like, oh, that can't do. Let's make sure people bring their partners. Do you have a partner? It's like, oh, his name's Aiden. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what does he do? Oh, he's a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> Bing! It's like, all right, you better – can you ask him to come to this Christmas party? And uh, – as the story goes, towards the end of that Christmas party, we were doing a few Patron shots and I said, mate, what are you doing on Monday morning? Let's have a coffee because I want to give you a job. I didn't know this. I didn't know him from a bar of soap, but I just knew that he was a really good guy. And through some conversations, I thought, you are going to be the best trainer trainer that this goddamn place has ever seen. Um, and through overcoming and, a few... He is. He's, he's been a gone man. He's, he's going to be the best competitor to breathe education you've ever seen, probably. Um, but, you know, getting in, like, seeing the potential before they see it in themselves is probably one of the biggest contributors to success as well because you get to the point where, you know, if you look at the the, the Charlottes, the Aidens, uh, Alyssa Downies, the, um, the, or Radloff and Nut Thump, thousands of names which probably don't mean much like Joanna Thomas and Nicole Lemke and Hale Cattis and all these people, right? They didn't know that I was thinking these things about them until the day came when, as I say, tapped them on the shoulder and like, what? Are you serious? It's like, yeah, I'd love for you to be a part of my team because you've got something I don't have. 
Like I might be the only here and I might be the one who's who's carrying the most risk at the end of the day when it falls over, but you've got something I don't have. And these people need that because I like I'm not the best um, educator in the world. Um, I'm not the best uh, at to-do lists. I, <laughs> I've you know, I've got all these tabs open. I can't. I have trouble focusing on things. Um, you know, I I don't have the interpersonal skills to connect with everybody on the same level. Like you know, I, I'm probably not that empathetic. I don't know, but um, it's all about you. Know, you, you see something in somebody, and you think oh, like. You're, you're filling the gap in my personality, which for the personality of this business. Right. It's okay. not my personality. It's the personality of the community. Right. I can't remember how we got to that, but can I, can I, I'm, I'm about to finish. Yeah. When, it got, when the job got too big, right, and I couldn't do it anymore, I said, mate, Aiden, you've got to do this job because, one, I don't have the time, and, two, you're way better than me at this, way better than me. So, oh, I don't know if I can. It's like, look, I don't care. You're doing it. <laughs> and then and off he goes. Like we did a couple uh, shadowing sessions, doing workshops, things like that. And then when the team grew, obviously we had our own coaching, uh, sorry, training and development department, right? So that if we talk about delegation responsibility for a second, I could take that one off my list. Yeah, I'd already taken off day-to-day operations from my list. I'd, I'd, I'd given that to Charlotte. And now I have to take off um, training development off my list. Oh, cool. I'll give that one to Aiden. And then it's about, well, what are the tasks that I'm not the best at, which I can then delegate to people who are far better than me at them. And I can focus at what I do, which as silly as it is, is daydream. I have to daydream about where we're going as a team. And if I don't have the time to daydream about that and think about how do I solve these problems that are upcoming, then we're all stuck because everyone's just going to be running into brick walls. Um, I think it's it's important to note here, though, that before this, I had a career in the corporate world doing HR. And being in a corporate environment like that, you see how big business works. Small business is the same as big business. <laughs> just has a different name at the start based on how many people you employ. But it's the same thing, okay? And then a national franchise... And my mini network of studios is exact same thing, but on a small scale, right? If you've got a small Pilates studio out in Whoop Whoop, it needs to operate the same way that a national franchise operates. It has to. It's got to have elements of training. It's got to have elements of marketing. It's got to have elements of finance. It's got to have elements of whatever, community engagement, volunteer work. Unfortunately, if you're a small operation and you don't wish to expand, here's the duality of, of 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 that particular situation. Some people don't want to grow, right? Some people say, I'm happy with just one. And then and you don't get you don't get the benefit of time if you don't reinvest and grow. Because once you once you once you grow the baseline, you then can start to create this like pyramid or, or hierarchical structure where you can start to step away. But to be able to step away, you need more hands on deck. And to get more hands on deck, you have to open studio number two. And you're going to have to open studio number three. And you're going to have to open studio number four. Because if you don't do that, whilst that might seem scary, it actually gets easier the more you have. Right? Yeah. All right. Hold on. It hold on. Gets- I want to stop <laughs> okay. you there. 
Okay. It actually gets easier the more you have. I think this is a like such a paradox that is hiding in plain sight for people yeah. that people yeah. are, you know, and if if you're out there listening to this going, hey, I've just got a one-person operation, I like it that way, great, you know, awesome for you. That is that yeah. is fine. That is absolutely yeah. fine to do that. But sure. the, the, the thing is if you're out there thinking, oh, I've just got this one-person operation and, fuck, I'm so overwhelmed with just seeing my 20 clients a week, right, mm. there's no way I could employ five team members and open a second studio. and blah. It's like actually, no, it's easier to employ five team members and run a second studio than it is to do totally. it yourself because when you're a one-person show, you're the one-person band. You know, you're playing the kick drum and the harmonica and the sousaphone yeah. and the banjo yeah. all at yeah. the same time. Whereas when, you know, now, like – you know, I'm in the same boat. I don't I don't do the operations at my business. You know, I wouldn't yep. know how to answer the phone. I don't yep. know how to can, you know cancel someone's enrollment or change yep. their payment date. I, I don't know any of that stuff. I have pe- people also, are better like, than me. It's than important me to know as well like regardless of how awesome people think you are, Raf, you don't have all the skills. Like, yeah, I've hardly got any has, of the skills. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Like, you, like everybody is flawed and you need to complement your flaws with other people's strengths. Like that is that's um that's the the key there, but um, the most challenging aspect there in that regard is uh, scaling with success. Okay, so it's it's very easy to say, oh, okay, so I'm going to open a second studio, and off we go. <sighs> the biggest learning I ever had was this is not a cookie cutter approach, and I'm one of the things that really grinds my gears when people say, oh, you're part of a franchise, like. How easy is that? So I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah, that but the thing doesn't... is not all franchises are equally successful, are they? Well, that's exa- I think that's what we're talking about right today. Yeah. Like today, yeah. it's just not it's not how it works, unfortunately. And uh, opening my second studio, I thought to myself, how hard is this going to be? Like it's we're in Adelaide. It's not that big. Surely people have heard of Cakes Pilates by now. Okay, and this is where it's like that check yourself moment. Unley's only five kilometers away. It's not very far away, yeah. Oh man, it's one corner. It's two corners, and it's a it's a that's a distance here, man. That's a distance to travel. And I thought, how hard is this going to be? And I'm thinking to myself the same thing that everyone. It's Adelaide, surely can't be that bad. Terrible, terrible. If we're talking like if Nord in its like, you know, if Nord was hitting like forty five, fifty thousand dollars a month revenue in its first, uh, like let's say four or five or six months or something, whatever it is, it was. This like this thing was cooking, right? Um, Unley was only doing like five, maybe six grand um, uh, a week for a very, very long time, to the point where Nord was having to pay for Unley to stay open, and I was like, "This is this is probably one of the be the biggest learning experiences of my life." Not only from a like you know. Check yourself, mate. Like you thought you did well, okay? You did well. You're you're not a, like are you a one trick pony? Like sort it out. And then like, wow, how do I? Oh, I got to like rethink this strategy, like today. Like how do I fix this problem? Because I mean the team don't know this. Only myself and my account at the time. But um, it wasn't paying bills, man. Like Amli was not paying the bills for a long time. And what I had discovered was, and this is this is let's just say this is point number one of anybody who's looking to scale, role models and mentors are the most important asset in your team of trainers that you could you could hope for. I had left the Unley team to their own devices and not given them a leader. 
And I thought, I'll like check in every now and then, see how they're going. But they had no one to model off. I'd spent maybe their six weeks in the academy with them. And this is, I think, one of the biggest flaws that um, that studios have is. And that's, sorry, just that's because, the academy, that's the KX academy that trains yeah, new instructors in the KX co- method. Correct, of teaching. correct, yeah. correct, correct, correct. But the same can be said for, say, for example, if someone's just come out of the, the Cert for a Breathe Education and started their first job, with, their, their first day with you, they're going to be shit, right? No offense to Breathe's quality of education, but it's the same with any course. You've, you've graduated your accounting degree and the very next day you get a job at an accounting firm. You don't know anything. Like you're not good at your job. Um, and, and, and they need care and nurturing because they need someone to help them integrate their knowledge and learnings to real-life application. And that takes time, effort, and it takes years to do. It takes, it takes a good year. And unfortunately, you know, I had, I had th- sort of thought, oh, how high can it be? People, people know what we're all about, um, which they didn't. Um, the, the team are great because I'd trained them. You're not that good of a trainer, buddy. Um, and... And like, why? I was kicking myself. Why doesn't this work? And I was like, Ah, oh, dude, you can't just like kick the kids out of the house as soon as they're sixteen and think that they're going to grow into adults. You've got to be there and 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 help them and guide them and nurture them and answer their questions and 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 then it dawned on me, ah, oh, like you need to constantly be giving information to your team and to your clients. And this is where we talk about you know, them both needing the same thing. Say, for example, uh, let, let's have a look at, let's have a look at for a moment, bringing a new brand like KX Pilates to Adelaide into an environment which everybody is thinking, huh, small, sleepy kind of town, isn't really into like exercise all that much. I don't really know. So before you bring a brand like this here and hope it gets off its feet, Firstly, you've, you've got to teach people about why exercise is important before you can teach them about why reformer Pilates is important, before you can teach them about how, how KX Pilates is different than normal Pilates, right, and normal or, or other fitness offerings. So now at this point where, cool, so we really did a good job at Norwood because I was able to talk to the clients about how KX works or how the reformer works or how different types of exercise works and what the benefits are, blah, 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 blah. And this is all good because this is just coming out of me like verbal diarrhea. But then you have the team of trainers jumping over to Unley, which is the second studio, and they're only saying the words, all right, guys, let's put one foot on the ground here. Let's put a left foot on the ground and a right foot in the shoulder pad and let's do a lunge. And there's nothing else coming out of their mouth. I was like, well, how do you expect clients to obtain buy-in into this program if you're not actually providing them with any other nourishing educational information. All right. So it's all right. So that's tip number. I've forgotten what number we're up to, but let's call it number four, right? Okay. Big, of big idea number four here. First one mm-hmm. was think big. Next one was get the blinkers on. Mm-hmm. Next one was seek out people and learn by osmosis. Yep. Okay, and this one I'm going to say, well, the next one actually was delegate. You know, yeah, and then mm-hmm. the next one was find find your people from within, mm-hmm. and then well, I guess we're up to number five or six or seven or something here, which is 
that, and because I've been wondering about this, right? So as you were telling me this story about, okay, mm. Norwood's going great, 40 grand a month, freaking awesome. I'm really good at this. This is, this is freaking mm. easy. Open another mm. one. Why not? And then the other mm. one doesn't go as good. Now I've been exactly there. I had that exact experience mm. in Melbourne CBD. We had Breathe Wellbeing doing mm. fantastic. Then we opened up Breathe Wellbeing, you know, part two, a few blocks mm. away. It's like, oh, fuck, this one's not working. <laughs> What's the yep. go? Um, yep. And it was exactly the same scenario. And I'm, I'm wondering as you're doing that, okay, so where do you say, you know, who does sales in your organization? I know you don't have quote salespeople, you know, mm. but obviously mm. it's the instructors, right? And so I think when does this, when does the sales conversation happen? What happens all the time inside class like that's what a class is it's a one-hour freaking infomercial for doing more kx pilates classes <laughs> that's exactly right my friend and it's not about so it's, it's not about um I'll, I'll, i'm gonna say sales is kind of like a dirty word but you're 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 absolutely 100 correct to the point where i developed a script for the trainers to know what to ask people on their first visit and know what the answer is going to be to the questions. So I think when it comes down to what's my superpower, if we're going to say my superpower is problem solving and thinking like that, I've heard every question that a client is going to have over the course of their health and fitness journey. And I've heard every question that a trainer is going to have a course across the course of the health and fitness journey. And you get to the point where you can develop the script that answers the questions that helps both parties get more fulfillment out of their time. So you can teach someone how to teach a great class, fantastic. But how do you teach people to tap into the emotional element of and the behavioral element of why the hell are you here? Like, fair enough, you came here because your friend told you to come and try the class and, you know, I go and try whoever's class, they're a great trainer, sick. But there's no connection there. You don't connect to the word put your left foot here, put your right foot there. You connect to the word, this is gonna be beneficial because if you wanna come this many times per week, this is the best pack you can buy. And the only time that that conversation can really hit home is during the class. So you've gotta to get to a point where you are the best trainer who actually is just having a conversation with someone about their health and fitness journey. And that is it. Now to get to that point, You've got to get so proficient at just knowing how it all works to realize, ah, I'm actually not even teaching you anything. I'm not teaching you anything. Or I've done such a good job in the beginner's class that by the time you get to an advanced class, I'm just queuing tracks on my Spotify account to make sure the atmosphere stays high and trying to make you work like a dog because I've taught you the fundamentals. I've told you why it's important. So now you've got the emotional buy-in and now it's about understanding how strength training works so you know how hard to push yourself. At the end of the day, I need to make my teaching or my role, and this is me doing my, what are these, inverted commas? I've made myself, air quotes, I've made myself redundant as a teacher because you're so good that I can now just have a conversation about how you get better at this and how this works not just works as in you push the carriage out in the spring stretches, right? This is how exercise works. If you load a muscle with mechanical, like mechanical tension with this much load, you are going to get strong. Ugh, what happens if I don't? You don't get strong. Why am I here? To get strong. All right. 
So <laughs> don't do that. Hey, like those two like two kilo dumbbells. That's what you use to keep the doors open. They're not going to work here. They're there because I have to buy them. Okay, maybe you're going to use them if I've if we're doing some long lever stuff. But your groceries weigh more than that. How does exercise work? I've got to you know apply more stimulation than I do my normal everyday life. Your kid weighs ten kilos. You pick him up. You better be picking up heavier than a ten kilo dumbbell. Uh, you know all all this other stuff has to come out right. Um, and, and also with so, so sorry 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 so <laughs> this is gold right this is there's so, so much in here man I told so you it's, it's a circus I'm um so mm. all right so can you just give us a little either like a just a, like a playback you know a recording or can you just give us a little role play of yeah you know not the not n- not the last thing you did, like the education of the more regular clients, like you know the benefits and and ins and outs of of strength training and health and fitness. But okay, I'm yeah. a beginner, relative beginner client, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm doing my trial offer, right? Because most places have like an yeah. intro offer. It's five classes for fifty dollars or, or whatever. Yeah, something right? like that. You know, mm-hmm. come and try mm-hmm. a bit for a bit cheaper. Okay. Yep. And so yep. basically you've a lot of places have a similar offer. And so you've basically mm. what you've got when I walk in the door holding my little five pass, right? Mm-hmm. Is you've got five classes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got one class really, because if you don't do it right first time, I'm not coming back next time. But yep. you've got, you know, if you do it right, you've got five classes to 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 serve me the Kool-Aid and for me to drink it, right? Yeah, correct. And, yep. And so so you know, can you give me like like precisely what do you say what tone of voice do you use like how do you present that right so just say i'm lying on my reformer bed here we've just done maybe some lunges or some feeding straps or whatever you know you tell Mm -hmm. me what exercise Mm -hmm. we're doing right but sell me on why kx pilates is so awesome and i should come back twice a week for the rest of my life you know bring me into that headspace oh man that's the tough one so i'm can i i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little caveat around this and say that everybody's needs are different and everybody yeah. has a has a has, has a has a different understanding of their like personal limitations and their personal goals so i don't think i'm just going to say there's there's probably not one exact right way to to do this right, right. but what's what's really important though you've got to build rapport with your clients by understanding their needs why did you come here today and if i can then teach this class and reiterate some of those things back to you, then that is meaningful to you. All right, and if so I can make this, mm. so so how do you know why I came here today? Do you just ask me, or like what? Hey, how Raph, yeah. how did what? How did you hear about us? Oh, my, you know, my friend Jody comes and she just raves about it all the time. She never shuts up about it. So I thought I'd just mm. shut her up and you know eventually just come <laughs> along just to keep her quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so like, why does Jody love it? And and why like what what actually brought you here today? Does like does she say that she loves the burn? Does she say that? You know, it helps her feel good about herself. Well, all of those things. Actually, I was commenting on how awesome she looked in her dress the other night, and she just oh, said, "Well, it's all those KX classes I do, but it's not just mm-hmm. how I look now. I'm my men- my mental health is better. I'm thinking more yep. clearly, feeling more yep. energy. I felt fantastic." And she showed me her abs, and I was like, "Holy crap!" You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I thought, well, you know, I want a bit of that. Okay, fantastic. So with, with that information, I'd, I'd probably add some commentary around, well, you're right, exercise is, is definitely a key factor in our you know, positive um, you know, image of ourselves or, or our mental health. But um, you know, if, it's, if, it's, if it's abs you want, then 
you've, you've come to the right place. Blah, 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 something will come up. And then I'll make sure that we are definitely teaching a plank in this class. In my mind, I'm thinking, boom, first time client came here because her friend loves it, why she love it, all these things. All right, I'm gonna to try to reiterate some of those things back to her. But then she said, let's say particularly, oh, like she's she's um, yeah, got great abs or whatever that is. I'll make sure that this class has some specific abdominal exercises in there, which I know in my mind, like it's not just a wood chopper where we know, look, everything works for abs, but this is maybe a, a plank or a low plank or a high plank or something. Um, you know, some, some, I don't know what it is, some teasers or whatnot. And I'll be saying, all right, guys, let's, let's put on the blue spring. Let's get into a high plank. This is how you put it on. Hold that one. Cool. This is really great for your abs. And I'll be looking <laughs> at that person and I'll go over there and say, this is, this is, you know, if I want to do, this is Jody's favorite exercise as well. She smashes these all the time. The key here is I want you to do this in Q2. You can't do any more. And then off we go. And then I'll just teach blah, blah, blah. Just, just hit home with, okay, so this person has articulated to me why they're here. It's important because let's remember, they don't know how the reformer works. They don't know how the body works. They don't know how muscles work. So it's important for us to reiterate to them what the impact will be. You know, if you do this long enough, you will get stronger in your midsection. Okay. This is going to work your abs. This is going to work your butt. This is going to work your arms. So those types of things, or like, oh, you, you told me that you're a, you play like AFL or you play footy. Great. Sideline leg. This is going to help you kick the ball further. This is going to help you be more agile. I'm like, oh, great. This resonates with my reasoning as to why I'm here. It's like, cool. Now all you have to do is get over the fact that you won't be able to move well for about four days because you haven't done this type of exercise before. But when you come back, we're going to go over this again and again and again and again. And slowly by slowly, I'm going to integrate you into the program of understanding not only how the reformer works, but also how exercise works and the benefits of that exercise. And in the meantime, I'm going to try to make this as fun as possible without making you feel like an idiot but eventually I'm going to have to make you strong. That was masterful, James. Heart emoji. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. So it's really, you know, it's really that simple that when I come into class as a beginner or maybe, you know, I come into class and, and you're standing, and presumably you're standing at reception sort of checking people yeah. in and, you know, Sorry. looking on the computer and going, oh, this person's name is such and such, and, you know, and you're like, oh, hi, Raph, I haven't seen you around here before. You know, is this your first session or I get a little green star next to my name or whatever yep, if, yep, if it's, yep, you know, yep. it's my first session. Depends like, on oh, you. Yeah. Tell me about you, you know, how'd you hear about us, blah, blah, blah. And then we have that little chat and that might be a 60 second or even 30 second conversation. Yep. And then you're like, great, we'll enjoy the class. You know, I'm going to look after you. And then you just reference back to those key things that I told you are important to me. Yep. And you're like, you know, you reference back to my friend and she yep. loves these exercises and she does these all the time. And, yep. and this yep. is what got her abs so strong. And yep. if you keep doing these exercises, you're going to have the yep. same result. And yep. this is why you do it. Correct. So it comes down a lot to psychology um, of the client and the behaviors of the client. So let's think about when they come in the room, everybody has a has the need. Well, let's say we don't have need. We, there are a need. I need, one of my needs is to feel significant and acknowledged. Everybody wants that. Could you imagine walking in for your first ever class and not being 
acknowledged. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, I don't care how many classes there are, you do not walk into a room and not say hi to this person. You have to acknowledge them because that makes people feel good. People have enough trouble and confidence with exercise and, and feel like shit about themselves and think they're weak and all this other stuff without also feeling ins insignificant in a room of people, right? Mm. No one wants to feel invisible. So if we take it from, let's not even take it from the fact that I'm doing this because it's my job to do, to say hi to a person. Do it because like, it's not about you at the end of the day. And this is, this is, this is one of those elements which I think a lot of trainers get caught up on. If you're running out of content to teach in your classes, you're not teaching it for the people in the room, okay? How do, how do you do this for eight years? How do I not lose my sense of creativity or variety? It's not about me. It's about there are 14 people in this room. They are all the creativity that I need or they are all the variety that I need to make sure that they get the most out of their time. This is not about how quickly can I get through 50 minutes? What am I going to put together to get through 50 minutes? This is how do I make this time the most valuable for them? Because they're the ones paying the bills. They're the ones that need the help. They're the ones that don't know how to or need the extra motivation to do it themselves. I'm going to say, man, this is a real, this is a real sticky point for me. When people say I'm lacking creativity or I'm lacking inspiration, and there's four people in the 14 people in the room who each need something different from you. They're all here for a different reason. They all have their own like concerns, queries, hangups, questions. They've all got something that you can contribute because that's why they're here. They need you. I think okay? that's, they need that's, you. Such a, that's such a powerful point. And it's, it's like you say, it's that focus on other versus self. And it's like if Correct. you as an instructor see it as your job to come up with a creative flow that fills up 50 minutes and it's got to be a different one than what you taught last week, well, pretty soon you're going to run out of ideas, right? You will. If you're just sitting at there staring at a blank exercise book going, okay, what am I going? I've already done lunges. Oh, crap. I've already done teasers. Oh, crap. You know, so whereas if if you flip it and you think, okay, well, it's not about me making up a class. It's about looking at these people and finding out what do they need. Hey, James, mm. haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Where you been? Yeah, I've been unwell. I'm feeling really stiff. You know, mm -hmm. hey, Amanda. How you been? Yeah, I saw you here yesterday. Yeah, I'm really sore from the big ab workout we did yesterday. Can we take mm -hmm. it easy on the abs today? You know. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yep. You've got to you've got to ask the questions, you've got to engage. And then it's about, and this is one of the other key elements, I think, to success is um I fundament I, I don't believe, I don't like, I don't like the term um instructor. I don't like that term. I don't like the term whether it's a gym instructor or a Pilates instructor, a yoga instructor, um, you you are a trainer. You are you are training these people to get strong or better at what it is. Right. So you're not just facilitating a conversation. You're over there. And you can see that they're you know they're not even breaking a sweat. So your job is to to well, essentially kick that person's ass suitably suitably kick that person's ass, and that means hey. Whilst everyone else is doing something on a blue spring or a yellow or a red or a half or a full or whatever, this person is clearly either like, like it, they're, they're one of two things that they're, they're not getting enough of a workout or they're getting too much. It's too hard. It's either too hard or too easy. And your job is to pick that up by observing, 
seeing how they move and making the exercise more appropriate so they get to that point of fatigue or just before, even better, just before fatigue. Um, and this isn't about like, we exercise to get strong, okay? That's what we, that's what we should be doing. We're exercising to better ourselves, okay? There are some elements of, and once again, air quotes, Pilates, which inherently prevent that from happening. And a lot of them, they take like away- Like the one from, kilo dumbbells? Like one kilo, like two kilo, like anything below four kilos, mate. Um, but also a focus on breath work, a focus on pelvic stability, a focus on neutral spine, a focus on all these other things outside of Working pick that hard. fucking thing up yeah. as many times as you fucking can. I don't care what room we're in. Since when is it they're in a Pilates studio where all this other nonsense has to happen before you fucking move? You don't hear that like in the gym. You don't hear that at F45 or Body Fit or anywhere else. But as soon as you step into a Pilates room, it's the prerequisite before you even think about moving. Do this, 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 this. And if you don't, it's wrong. And if you don't, you're going to hurt yourself. And if you don't, like, what? What are you talking? Anyway, so we're trainers, okay? My job is to is to know what you need, and it's going to be a scaled approach. In my beginner's class or in the first class you come, I'm not going to kick your ass. I'm going to make sure you feel good about yourself and you, you learn the fundamentals. As you get stronger or as you get comfortable, which is a cognitive thing, it's I feel good being here. Okay, I feel good doing this. Then I'm going to say, hey, you're doing really well. I'm going to try to make this harder. Correct. I'm going to try to make this harder for you. What does that mean? That means a difference of resistance, a difference in like movement, like maybe it's um, multiple planes of movement at the same time. Maybe it's different tempos. Maybe it's all this other stuff. It's a, it's a variety factor now that I'm adding, which makes it more complex. And like, oh, great. So now I'm dynamically strong. What else? So, well, now, now we're going to get like, <laughs> we're going to do it really hard for a long period of time. Or like, like you are so strong. I'm going to push you to the point of you believing that you can't do anymore. And then I'm going to come over here and I might drop back a spring so you can keep going. Or I might like put you in a position where I'm helping you like a spotter at the gym to help you get the most out of your time. Um, this is the real difference that gets people as a, as a client, this is where it's about them and not about you. Because you're looking at them and thinking, where are you at your stage in your exercise career? You're at, you're at the point where you're not quite confident. Great, I'm not going to thrash you. I'm going to help you feel more confident about what we're doing and, and yourself. And then I'm going to thrash you. Or it's, all right, I can see that you move really well here on this machine. And I can, I've, I've looked at your account. You've come 20 times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash you, and then, and then it's about well, okay, you need to be pushed to the limit every single time you come until you're gasping for air. My job is to make sure that that happens to you, because if you don't, you're gonna walk away disappointed, and you're gonna say that was shit, but also feel shit about myself because I needed that and you didn't deliver that to me, and I'm never coming back. <laughs> and this, this is this is really interesting to me because. Um one is probably, you know, I don't know how controversial that is for, for our listenership, maybe very controversial for some, maybe not controversial yeah, at all for others. Mm. Um, but, you know, what, what interests me most is mm. that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit out of date with my knowledge of the KX brand, you know, um, so update me if I get any of this wrong. But 
you know, back in the day, KX, the word that I associated with KX was intensity, right? It was like, it was all about the intensity. Mm. And I remember Aaron's early advertising that he did when he was in Malvern in that first studio, you know, it was like, it's all about the intensity, you know, and it was just, Mm. the intensity was the word. Like when I think of Volvo, I think safety, you know, Kleenex, I think soft, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, KX, I think intensity. Um, and I saw, is that is is that still kind of a tagline for KX at, at this time? Do I see that on their website if I go to kx.com.au? <laughs> right, I, I've, uh, stuck, I've stuck you dumb, <laughs> James. All right, you've, you've you've hit it. No, mate, you've you've um, uh, I can't I can't comment about what happens anywhere else across the country. But no, no, no. I what can... I, all, all I'm asking about is like just mm. like I mean, if I was to go to kx.com.au, right? Mm-hmm. Would I see the word intensity on their advertising still or not? I don't know. Let's try it. I don't know. But hey, look, it, it's not about. Well, yeah, it's. I don't. It's all right. Well, interesting, and this is interesting to me. And I, you know, those of you who listen to this podcast regularly. We, you know, we talk about KX fairly regularly because they're a really big and important part of the Pilates industry here in Australia. And I, I think just about every single time I've ever talked about KX, it's been positive. I really have a lot of respect for the brand and for Aaron and for, you know, a lot of the people I know who work in KX. And, but this is interesting to me, uh, that, you know, I'm looking here at the KX website, I'm at kxpilates.com.au and above the fold here on the website, it says, join the movement. Mm -hmm. And then it says Kaizen experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is about, you know, excellence and, you know, change for the better. Then it says 50-minute classes, full-body workout, 12 to 14 clients per class. Then it says define yourself. A- and I can't see the word intensity anywhere. Mm. Did I imagine it? Did it used to be part – did it used to be there back in the day? I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure it was there. Where are you going with this one, Raph? <laughs> it's a like, – um, look, I think – yeah, one of the one of the one of the reasons that I've kind of stepped away from uh, KX is we've outgrown each other. I think I think my philosophies of training have evolved a little bit, um, and as, yeah, you've I, become, I, I dare as say, you've become more educated, one in the the art and the science of of strength. And two, mm. as you've become more uh, educated in what customers want and need, right? What what keeps them coming back? Yeah, well, I think like a bit bit further. Yeah, yeah. I think look at, upon reflection, um, I with with my team, it was really never by air quotes again the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It might have started that way, but it did, definitely didn't end that way. It was more about, um, yeah, a workout, um, more about um, yeah, pushing people to the limits. Um, I guess it's more about uh, what I thought made a great workout on a reformer. Um, and I think this is where I kind of touched on before. Um, I don't, like as much as um, I've been in the, once again, air quotes, Pilates industry, for a long time, I don't think I we need to put say, it. I don't think we I've need never to put taught a Pilates class, man. I've, I've never taught a Pilates class in my life. I wouldn't even know how to teach a Pilates class. I know how. What I've learned to do 
is make people very, very strong using a piece of Pilates equipment that's known as a Pilates reformer. Um, and if you ask comes... me, that's Pilates. <laughs> well, it's definitely not clinical Pilates. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, so, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to stir up any, you know, okay. acrimony, you know, or, or controversy here, but, uh, it, you know, I, I heard it's very plain, the passion in your voice when you talk about getting people strong. Yeah. And, you know, and using the big dumbbells, not the little dumbbells. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, if we're, if we're going to go down this path, mate, I'm I'm actually like, uh, I think the biggest pain point I have about um, exercise, exercise, group exercise, exercise in general, is it's not just, I don't think, it's not just in the Pilates environment that, these prerequisites of um, X, Y, Z happen. Like you, you go to a, a group class no matter where you go or, or you see things where either people aren't given the appropriate level of resistance to actually have a positive outcome or they're told they have to do things a certain way and if they don't, they're going to hurt themselves or whatever. And, and what that does, unfortunately, I believe, is it, it, it breeds this sense of fear around um, exercise and it breeds this sense of all these other things, right? You know, it breeds a sense of, well, I don't want to work out too hard from a, like if we talk about, uh, let's just say from a female perspective, I don't want to get like bulky, right? It, let's just say that that was something that, that happened. Um, if I went to an exercise class, no matter where it was, and the trainer didn't give me heavier dumbbells, or the, the, the more suitable dumbbell and said, this is how you're going to get strong, right? That person is never going to be in the position where they believe that that's one, achievable, or two, see the result that that myth they've created about using heavy dumbbells is true or not, right? So if you go to an exercise class and someone's doing a goblet squat, a grown human goblet squat with an eight kilo dumbbell, by you not taking the right course of action, by giving them something heavier than that, you're feeding into all the beliefs that prevent them from becoming the best possible person that they can be. Now, this is not just what you know happens in Pilates environments. It you kind of you see it a little bit, and it's a little bit disheartening because you know you also see things like um, if you don't do a deadlift a particular way, it's not going to work. I can't remember the last time I did a strict deadlift to pick groceries up off the ground, okay? I didn't stand above my grocery bag and make sure that I had, air quotes, neutral spine, knees hip width apart, tracking out in this particular direction to pick my puppy off the ground, okay? I did it the best possible way I probably could. But, yeah, there's this thing about it, Rare. And I get it. Like, as a trainer, you've got to provide some cues. You've got to add value. But it doesn't have to be all technical, 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 technical. Mm. Maybe it's just, I'm going to train you to be the baddest motherfucker you can be by helping you do things you didn't know were possible by giving you the confidence and providing the environment in which you can achieve more. As a trainer, that comes from me providing you with as much up-to-date education as possible to ensure that you are in the best place you can be to help your clients. And from a client's perspective, it's 
you know, I, I need to provide that, that that place for you. As a business owner, my responsibility is to make sure that my trainers aren't talking about pelvic stability, spinal alignment, all this other stuff, which then like inhibits that environment from being created. Mm. Um, if, and then from a client perspective, it's ensuring that you know, hey, guess what? You need to be lifting X, Y, Z amount of weight to actually see a difference. So if you're coming into the gym and you're just picking up the bar, like that's great if that's the suitable weight for you. But it's unlikely to be that because you're inherently strong. Like I don't know where you got this idea that that you're weak. Like, and and this comes back to the the, the comment about not liking Pilates. Like, why, 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 why has it got to this point? I know why it's got to this point because of um, treatment for injuries and things like that. But you step into a Pilates room and then it's it's about treating weaknesses as opposed to creating strengths. You know what I mean? That's a that's a doozy. Like, I'm going to treat your weakness. Even the saying the words, man, even the saying the words tells someone that they're not strong. It's like, nah, yeah. they're going to get you really Anyway, I don't know how we got to this point, but it, come, it comes back to, you know, continual education of, of the trainers, which which are help, I think helps um, the, the client journey. And, and once you get to the point where you're now a trainer, you're not an instructor, but you're teaching these people all the things that they need to grow, that's when you realize, um, you know, that that's where they get the value and that's where you get the value. So you're not thinking about, okay, how am I going to fill 50 minutes of time with a really creative session plan? It's thinking about like, what do these people need to get yeah. strong? And, yeah. and that's it. And from, and from there, um, once you can nail that across the board, depending on it doesn't matter how many people are in your team, from there, it's all the peripheral stuff. It's about, all right, so I need to teach you how to see these things in your clients. I need to teach you the science behind that. But also, I need to make sure the clients know this. So I need to teach you the words and have you say the words when the class is going on. But then it's also ongoing education for the team behind the scenes about, hey, check out this research article. Hey, check out this exercise. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, let's test our knowledge on that. Hey, who's coming to the gym with me to do something other than reform a Pilates to know how strong you are so you can talk about that with other people? Or, you know, hey, we've got this campaign coming up. Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, let's look at our studio statistics. All that stuff, like, that's important. But um, as a business owner, I never, like, I was never interested in, like, the profits or the revenue and stuff. It was important to know and I'd always check in and always say, hey, like, let's have a look at the statistics. But if I was to like, I focus on the clients, if I focus on the trainers and I make sure that they've got the best environment where they can succeed and if they're fulfilled, then I don't have to worry about how's the business performing because if they're happy and if they're fulfilled and if they're getting strong, then they can do that for the clients. And if they can do that for the clients, then the system takes care of itself. All I then have to do is make sure I've got constant communication about, you know, this is where we're going. These are the goals we want to achieve. This is why we want to achieve these goals. Remember, or remember the why. The why. My why is to make, to, to, to train trainers, to train clients, and to create community. That was it. That was all it ever was. Um you know what? I think go. I've got. I think I've got enough for for my book uh, now. And um, <laughs> I told you'd be here for a while. We've been at this for a little bit. 
yeah, getting up for getting up for two hours. It's just about time to wrap up. But um, okay, I, I don't think like you've actually started yet, Raf. <laughs> started well, yet? What what I've what I've taken away so far is mm. you know think big, and you had you know changed the health and fitness landscape of Adelaide as your yep. you know your your big hairy audacious goal, and you know that made it about the effect that you're having on people in the industry, not you. And then, you know, seek out people and learn by osmosis, delegate, and to delegate you have to hire, the starts with hiring the right people who you can Correct. delegate to and Correct. those people you find in the front row of your reformer class and hanging around afterwards because they want to talk about it because they've only done seven classes this week and they just love it so much and that's not enough. Correct. Um, and... You know, a big one for me, and I think, you know, if I could put the, anything on a billboard, this is what I'd put on a billboard, is the salespeople are your trainers mm -hmm. and every class is a 50-minute infomercial for the benefits of coming to Pilates regularly here. Correct. Yep. I would, I would, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. and, and it's not the generic benefits. It's the benefits specific to this particular client and why they walked in the door. You know, well, so if you right. want abs like Jody's, it's it's this is how you get abs like Jody's. If you want to be able to kick the football further, this is how you learn to kick the football further. If you want to have less back pain, this is how you have less back pain. You know, if if you want to have get out of your monkey mind, this is how you get out of your monkey mind. Like it, it's talking to the person's individual reasons for being there. The next yep. one is is uh, if you're running out of content. That's because you're focusing on yourself, not mm -hmm. your clients. And if you just look mm -hmm. in the room and think, well, why is this person here? Why is this person here? How can I best serve them and progress them towards where they want to be and why they're here, mm -hmm. you know, their reason for walking. That's like you'll never yep. run out of content. Just like we never ran out of content on, on this podcast because we don't sit here thinking like, oh, what can we talk about today? We sit here thinking yep. like, what would people want to learn? You know, what do people yep. need to know from us? Yep. And um, it's important to, so I'm just going to jump in there. It's important then to reiterate that, not just internally, but externally as well. Like, you know, if you're, if you are in the position where you need more business, then it's important to reiterate the successes of people who've come before you, not, oh, our class is the best class in town. Yeah. It's like, no, here's no. Jody. How she was I, really happy how, with her abs. <laughs> here's here's James. He can now kick the footy further. Correct. Yeah. Or, or like, you've got to, you've got to solve the problems that they don't know they've got. As well, for in, in something that's a that's a that's a longer conversation, um, but sorry to interrupt. Keep going. And the last thing, you know, which I, I, I'm you know feeling another episode in the in the pipeline here, but mm. um, is you know, and I agree with you that. Well, firstly, I'd like to say that I genuinely think that if you get people stronger on a Pilates reformer, I'm sorry, that's Pilates. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So, and I don't care whether you call it classical or contemporary or controllogy yep. or KX or mega form or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, that's Pilates. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the, the, the final thing is that I agree entirely that in a lot of situations in Pilates and elsewhere, like in rehab, I'm an exercise physiologist, I think in a lot of situations we underload people. Even in rehab, even in rehab, mm. we, we chronically underload mm. people a lot of the time. Mm. And, you know, yeah, it does kind of 
trigger me a little bit when I see people doing on Instagram doing goblet scots with a you know two kilo dumbbell or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah, you could. Mm. You know, your legs can probably hold double your body weight. You know, adding another two kilos is, is <laughs> That's not too much. Yeah, <laughs> too for much. sure. I agree. I agree. So, I, you know, I, I'm. I do feel like uh, it's time to wrap up. But fuck, man, yeah. we, we've we've got so much more to talk about. <laughs> oh, I could talk about how you know you've got to. Like another element of that is making sure that your staff are taken care of and their goals, like they're able to achieve their goals whilst in your um, mm. tutelage, I suppose, or whilst they're here. Because guess what, mate? They can work at Coles and get paid to pack shelves, but they've chosen to work for you. And they can get money anywhere, but they can't get the same knowledge, care, and attention anywhere. And mm. <laughs> their goal isn't to work to, for you for the rest of their life. Like this is this is a stepping stone to something else. Whether mm. it be a stepping stone to being a great um, exercise physiologist or a stepping stone to being a great owner, um, a great like owner with you or an owner on their own two mm. feet. It's once again, it's not about you. It's about how do I best ensure that these staff members or trainers get the most out of their time and achieve their goals outside. And whether that is you're providing them with business coaching and mentoring. Um, knowing that they're going to leave you one day. Um, like a, a classic one, Lauren Sebastiani, Spring Studio, the first KX trainer to open, ex-KX trainer, I think, to open their own studio. Um, you know, we have had such joy, such joy. Um, and not to say not with like Charlotte Griffin or with Alyssa Downey, other business partners or anybody else in the team. Like had such joy working with them on their own journeys. But to have someone put their hand up and say, JT, if you're out, I'm out too. And I've been holding on to this one for a long time. And I've only done it because like you were technically in the way. And to have her say, but can you help me? Like that's that's something else, man. Like that's some that's some good juju, I think, there. And um, you know, to to have um people wanting to continue what they were doing. You know, that is like without you being there, like that's 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 what I'm doing. That's what I did. Like mm. I wanted to I wanted to do that without other people, I guess, in the way. So now mm. that you're in the position to help those people get it, like do their own thing without you being in the way, like that's that's something else. And if that's not what it's about, then I don't know what it's about because like that's that's some some good stuff, man. Some good stuff. Well, it's it seems you know, I mean, it's 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 objectively true that mm. you have changed the health and fitness landscape in Adelaide. You know, I don't Thanks, think man. there's a, I don't think there's anyone that could successfully argue against that point. Mm. So, well, I mean, there are, there are so many people there. You know, and I'm thinking of you know uh, Sophie at Mile End. I'm thinking of Margot. I'm I'm uh, oh, sorry, Alyssa at Mile End. I'm sorry, Lisa. I'll is, do it. I'll, is Sophie at Glenelg? Where's Sophie at? That's so, Sophie Coleman's at Semaphore. You've got Lisa oh, Paulino at Glenelg and Port sorry, Melbourne. Sorry. You've got um, Margot. Yeah, um, Lisa like, in Port Melbourne, but she was yeah. from Adelaide originally and she trained with you. Yeah, she like all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah, and then you've got like Margot, who was directly part of the team, who has now Brighton, Blackwood, North Adelaide, Tea Tree Gully. Shout uh, out to Margot. Yeah, I, I don't remember what she's yeah. like. She's got tons, like, you know, um, 
Charlotte, who's got obviously McGill now and the Fitzpatrick and, and Aiden, who's doing like his own thing, like they co own that together now. And then you've got, and it's not about that, you know, Laura Saggers has got Ryan's and Bianca Jones has got Pilot's Republic and you know, Cat Webb's got Cat Good Time. Good and, Times. You know, Chris and Jolene and in, in, um, Sydney, I worked with them Sydney, for a while and they got like Bowman and Good Times. But it's also, it's not about people who just become owners as well. Like, um, uh, shout out to like, trainers who just flourished or been given an opportunity to flourish because um not just me but an owner has been there um to hold their hand and say you are you are so much better than you give yourself credit for how can i how can i help you see what i see you know how can i how can i help you break through that and that just comes from um just uh, i guess nurturing and, and guidance and and being able to have um you know, vulnerable conversations with, with your staff, you know, that's, yeah, that, um, you need them to be better than you. That's all it is. Because if you don't want them to be better than you, <laughs> they're not going to give a good, like you want them to leave. You want them to be your competitor because if they're, if they're not, or if, if, if you're not encouraging them to do that, then you're not making them the best trainer they can be whilst they work for you. That means their clients aren't getting the best possible service whilst they work for you. You want to train these people so well that they want to open up their own studio because they've done the best job they can do with you. Yeah. And that's like, why wouldn't you want the best possible team? There's like, it makes no sense. Like it's a hard one, but of course your best trainers are going to one day say, I've had enough here and it's time for me to go because they're not going to work for you forever. And if, 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 if they say, Hey, I think I might want to open a studio. Can you help me? I probably am going to cry. <laughs> you know, that's, there's nothing like that's, that's the best. Like there's, there's nothing better than that. And then you think, you know what? I, I, I would love for you to be like my competition because now I have to stay on my toes. You know, I have to, I have to be, you know, as good as you now. So that's, that's powerful stuff. I am crying. That's embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. It's not you embarrassing, James. It's, it's not. It's, no, no. I didn't, it's it's, it's not embarrassing. It is, man. Yeah. Like it's the biggest joy. The biggest joy is doing it for the other, for, for, for someone else. And like, I think that's, but that takes time to, like I did it for me. When I was starting out, like I wanted to be the best and I like wanted to have the best classes and all this other stuff. And then you realize you're not making friends like that. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors by behaving that way. That's probably from insecurities anyway, because you, you don't, you think you're, you're an imposter. You go through that process, you go through that imposter syndrome stuff and you come out and think, oh, it's actually, actually okay not to know anything because you're better off being honest. <laughs> and then you go and learn stuff and then imagine like if you took the time to actually develop yourself as a professional rather than hide behind this facade of you know fake confidence um, and then yeah and then you just boom if that's if there's one key takeaway from how to grow a successful um, business no matter where you are it's um it's not about you. Be of service. Yeah, be like legit, like be the Pilates monk, <laughs> whatever it is. 
Anyway, I reckon I would. I think we've tapped out this one. I reckon, mate. Good talk, James. It that was profound for me. I hope it was. But no, like seriously, thanks for asking me to come on here. I, I do like. Yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot to me that um, someone like yourself would ask me to come on board. It means a lot to me that you that you come on board. So right oh, back man, at you. Totally. And shout out, shout out to like everybody I've had the privilege of, of working alongside and, and teaching classes to, you know, over the over the years because um, you know, it's been I'm 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 on, I'm on, a, I'm on a sabbatical at the moment, you know, I don't do this anymore. But to reflect on it and think about every like all the trainers who have worked alongside or, you know, helped in some regard or or, or staff, um, members or you know, even even the people that we didn't necessarily get along, like I hope that they're doing well, and you've definitely helped me do make some changes in my life. And yeah, it's the best goddamn. I tell you, man, the health and fitness industry is the best goddamn industry you can be in. That and um, yeah, whatever it is that makes people feel good, man. You've inspired me, James. I'm going to finish up by sending a shout out to someone that I don't get along with but um, who I like and respect. And that's uh, someone special, Mandy Movematician. We've never met. We just know each other on socials and we basically don't agree on anything. Um, You know, she strenuously disagrees with about everything I post. But um, (laughs) Mandy, if you're out there listening, my hat's off to you. You're awesome. Yeah, man. Everyone's awesome in their own own way. Because she always disagrees in a – in a in a in a respectful and amicable way, you know, mm. she's never never sort of unpleasant about it. So I mm. you know I really appreciate that, and um, you know you just inspired me there, James. By saying even the people that you don't <laughs> don't always agree with, <laughs> um, yep. yeah, I think that's really important that we you know we try and try and use the campsite rule and leave things better than we found them. Yeah, for sure. And you've done that in Adelaide. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll do it again one day. Maybe. Maybe. See you, James. See you, Raph. Thanks for your time. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So 
rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.